Okay, everybody, we're going to go ahead and start the uh, March 10th meeting. Uh, what I first want to go over is uh, some of the minutes from the February meeting that we had. And what I can tell you that we were involved with is uh, we had an opening with Delfina, and she came and gave us the numbers. Oh, there she is right there. Gave us the numbers. Uh, we had Mike Ash uh, come in and talk, us, talk to us a little bit about the senior complex change that's going on on 11th Street. Uh, they won't be doing the 10th Street project as yet. That's been tabled. Uh, but the 11th Street project is still on the go. Uh, we did discuss, uh, review the crime, uh, the tagging in the neighborhood, uh, reviewed the park in the 500-foot distance for the R2s, ADA requirements, and then the city activities. So that's what we have for February. Can I get a, a first on that? First. Okay. Can I get a second? A second. All right, Delfina. Thank you very much. Okay, what we're going to talk about today... Um, I'm going to briefly go over some of the things that we were, I was able to accomplish or worked on this past month and then uh, talk to you about some reinstatements that we are doing. Uh, then we're going to have, listen to Anna Dunbar tell us a little bit about the waste management changes that are going on for the city of Waco. Uh, one of the things that we talked about last time is I did go ahead and did the reinstatement for the Neighborhood Association and also with the comptroller, and two checks were sent. I got one of them back, <laughs> only because the state did not receive the comptroller's finalization of the first check. So I have to wait two weeks and then send the second check back to them. So we'll have finally, from what I found out, that very few or maybe just one or two neighborhood associations has actually been registered with the state since the last 12 years. And one of the reasons sometimes for it is exactly uh, now with this project that's going on on 11th Street, um, I'm in touch with the Texas Housing Committees and Affairs now and because of that, they need some information by us that we're certified as a neighborhood association. Never knew that. Uh, April has never mentioned that to us. It was just something that was laid out there. Apparently, ours did 12 years ago, and ours is the last one that did it. And it must have been for some project or passing the TIF or whatever it could have been. Because the TIF was passed years ago, 30 years ago. I can't figure out why they would do it then. It was probably another project. But that's when it's most needed because the state will contact the neighborhood association to determine if there's anybody that has anything to say about it, questions, concerns, that what Mike is doing here in his company is they're actually applying with HUD to put this project up. And they're able to do it, and I think we spoke about the, uh, the graduated rent depending on the uh, ind uh, individual's income. Well, the way to do that and be able to build such a complex of this sort is they're not really making much profit or any profit doing it. Their profit will come in what's called um, uh, tax abatement credits. They take those and they sell them to corporations, and that's how they get their seed money back. 
So before the uh, housing uh, provides them that money, they want to make sure that everybody in the neighborhood uh, has been contacted and, uh, and the discussions have been made, which Mike has made three appointments already that he's come in and spoke to us twice and then went over at the uh, Kate Ross. He did it on a Saturday. So he's really he's done his job, what he's supposed to do, but now it's up to us to help him with the filing because it's been sitting out there for so long. So that'll be probably taken care of this week. I'll begin getting together with the Secretary of State to make sure that she's already received the $5 from the comptroller so I can send her the $25 for the initiation of that. Um, with regards to the, for me going to the um, City Council, I did address the parking issues, the 500-foot variance. Uh, once again, we weren't notified of the, uh, for the third time on the uh, first reading of this. And I invited Hector to come, but he is in D.C., I believe, right now. So we'll discuss that with him as he comes back for next uh, month's meeting. Uh, McCad's response. I talked to McCad, and on the sales of the properties from the STRs, uh, they're really sitting on to what see the Texas Senate's going to do. It's gonna, that's going to happen this summer. And it looks like they're really going to get their way of owners are going to be able to uh, open short-term rentals anywhere. There's not going to be no 100 feet or 200 feet or nothing. It's just straight across the board. So in saying that, there's also something that they may have to start dealing with now. And that's because the, uh, the appraisal district would like to be able to determine what is private residential, and what is a business. And by doing that, they're going to restructure something. And I'm going to find out more from uh, Doc Anderson. He's uh, in communications with me on that. Okay. Um, other things, the composting, we have uh, on March 14th. He'll let you tell about that. Never mind. Uh, we have the Cattle Barons Ball that's, that's going to be happening at the Convention Center. Uh, Caritas is looking for a new executive director. And then I have, if anybody's interested, what do I do with all those? Uh, the Barathon. That will be happening on March 21st. Let me pass some of these out here. And that has been an excellent choice of uh, route to take that they've created. Uh, they have very little road closures throughout the city of Waco, which has been very excellent. Um, it's going to be up and down universities, well, not universities, but um, MLK, in through the park, up through the park, down through the park, and then back to Baylor Stadium, which is really good because it's going to be really confined. I think it's a really nice run, you know, from what we've had before. Mm -hmm. So that's going on. I want to let people know about that. A lot of shade, too. Hmm? A lot of shade. Yeah. Well, yeah, a variety of things, you know, but uh, I think that's a good choice of, uh, of a trail to go down to. Uh, what we're going to do is next week, because I don't want to get too much into this one. Let me see. I got one, two, three, four. We're going to have a uh, executive session after this, but uh, we can't vote because we'll probably need one more person to vote with, okay? 
on the committees. But we're going to go over the Downtown Neighborhood Association action items, and then we will finish off with the, what was I had? That one. Oh, and the last thing would be, Delphina, do you happen to have the uh, account information? I don't have the, if they, um, I just have from the end of February. Okay. So if they um, send any more money in or any checks in, We've had it probably won't be until next month. Okay. And so, so far, we did have a deposit of 23 cents. So, so we have $1,141.78. cents. $1,178? Okay, I'll put that down here. Hey. Interest is always interest. <laughs> the other thing that we're doing is renewing some of our uh, memberships. So that's, that came in great timing to have the, um, the online membership thing. And I'd like to everybody thank Jeffrey for taking the time to put this on with us. He's uh, really helped me out. He's been patient with me. <laughs> and he's really shown me some uh, good ideas and good things that we need to be continuously is, doing. Um, I'm sorry. Is that the... Waco DNA website that has the link. Mm -hmm. The only thing I might suggest is for um, if there's a way to just show that there's a, a validated platform for the payment. Where I was hesitant, I saw that I wanted to join online with my credit card, but I think it'd be helpful if it just said this is this payment process is handled through whoever our bank is, First National Bank, or I, don't, I can't remember who you said it was, Andrew. It's Community Bank. Community Bank. Mm -hmm. You know, just to show the person who's actually entering in their credit card number that it's not just some ether uh, payment system, that would be helpful okay. for those of us who are new, newer to the ballgame here. Yeah. Okay. Just a suggestion. And uh, so I'm going to kind of leave it at that. And Anna, can, can you repeat the fees again? How much is it? Well, Pretty much the same thing we've always had. Uh, here, I'll give you the list. What we've done, though, is we removed the, we combined small business, nonprofit, small business, nonprofit, large business, kind of two of the same. And it's going to be uh, 10 for individual, 15 for family. Friends of the DNA, which would be non-voting, is 10. And then small business or non-profit, 30. And large business or non-profit, 50. Or is that what we did, 50? Or is it 30? I'll tell you. Oh, you tell me. <laughs> Pick it up. <laughs> we did make a change on that. Because it seemed a little bit, you know, we had five or six different numbers there. And it says, let's kind of make it easier for folks to deal with. That's good for that. We did 30 and 50, yeah. Okay, we did the 30 and 50. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, so we didn't, uh, we just combined the two so that it's either or for that. Any questions? No. No? Okay. Any questions? Anything? I, I have a question on the membership and this may be something you prefer to go over later after the meeting, so so just tell me we can do it later. But on the membership, how does it work? Is it by individual? Is it by business? Is it by property owned? I'm not sure what the criteria is. Like, for example, we have, you know, we have two properties downtown Waco. 
So does that mean we have two memberships, or do we just have one membership because we're one entity? Each membership uh, is for one person. Okay, okay so it's by so, person. Right, okay. it's by person. Okay. So, so for example, uh, Ms. Herrera comes, but her mother's also the member, but they're a family, so they only get one vote gotcha. because they're family. But it's two memberships? Well, it's because it's family. That's my question, because oh, we're a family, family of 15. Oh, okay, but I don't know if we qualify for family. I'm not sure what we are. <laughs> well, you're a small, you're a small business. We're a small business. Okay, right. yeah. so that counts as one vote, one Correct. membership. Correct. That's all, that's what I need to know. Got it. So, other than that, that's pretty much a, yeah, we haven't changed anything since I've been here, so. Okay, uh, Anna, would you like to take the floor? Sure. Um, so, as all of you probably heard, I hope you've heard, uh, there have been some changes in the um, residential yard waste um, criteria. And um, so... I'll kind of go over that. And these were effective March 1st. And this was, this is an ordinance. And um, City Council you know, did the first and second reading. Um, so it's changes to Chapter 21 if you want to actually look at the ordinance um, uh, on the weather-texas.com. So um, like it is now, brush will be picked up during green weeks, and I have calendars over there, the blue and green week. Um, but now your pile will be limited to four by four by four, and uh, no bigger than three inches in diameter. And um, leaves will be required to be put into paper bags. This is an example. One, um, HEB has them, Home Depot, Lowe's. Next fiscal year, we may um, purchase some that will require some action by City Council because we put it um, on our uh, fee schedule. Like if we were going to purchase a bulk quantity and sell them at cost kind of thing, we can't do that without, without that being on our fee schedule. Um, but this is an example. So they're pretty, you know, significantly big, pretty thick. Home Depot has them in Lowe's. I think it's like four or five for, no, six for four dollars, something. something like that. It's a pack, pack of four dollars. Mm -hmm. um, so if you do not want to do that, of course, you can have one or two green carts, 95-gallon green carts, at no extra charge. So that means your bill won't change. Um, I have forms, and I can take your address if you want a second green cart, and that's where you can put your leaves and grass clippings in lieu of uh, purchasing bags. If you put plastic bags on the ground, they won't be picked up. So um, uh, leaves and grass clippings must go in the paper bag or in the green cart. The reason is because the paper is compostable mm -hmm. and the plastic is not. Right. And we don't um, have a compost site at the landfill. Haven't had it there for 20 years, mm -hmm. probably. Um, but uh, we do mulch all the materials that come in during green weeks, and um, the materials with the brown paper bags are used on site either for uh, 
daily cover at the landfill or for stabilization of the roads. And by law, we're required to cover daily. We use an alternative daily cover, which is a paper mache kind of product, unless we have to leave the landfill unmanned for um, over 24 hours. So that would be on Saturdays or before a holiday. You know, we would put the six inches of soil, which might contain uh, some of the paper bags. So it's a landfill diversion. Um, limbs, like I said, four feet or shorter, no bigger than three inches. Uh, logs and stumps won't be collected. Um, if you hire a company to do work in your yard, they're supposed to haul it off and no longer leave it at the curb. And we have some uh, information about companies that uh, we know of um, on waco-texas.com. If you're a company and uh, you want to be on that list, because this isn't a recommendation list, it's simply a list of uh, lawn services that we know of, um, feel free to fill out a form. There's a form on there, and um, you can fill that out. So does anyone have any questions about the brush at curbside? I have a question about um, the economics of composting. I, I, I compost most of my own waste in my yard, mm -hmm. and I, I know that some entities give out or, or sell at very low price um, residential compost. Because mm -hmm. and, and like 15% of what goes in the trash is food waste. That's super easy to compost. Mm -hmm. Leaves and grass clippings are super easy to compost. Um, so this material actually just adds to the landfill. It doesn't really get diverted from the landfill because it's being used for cover, right? Um, so we only use um, the mulch for cover, uh, like I said, once a week. And then when they come back on Mondays, it's bladed off. Oh, they reuse it? Mm -hmm. And of course, you're, it's not, um, you're not blading it off of a perfect surface, so some will, you know, will be uh, on the working face. But, um, the main reason to do this was to save money? The reason to... To, to quit taking bigger piles um, and stuff? It was to keep us um, afloat, basically. Mm -hmm. So we're an enterprise fund, which means that the $16.10 that every household pays plus um, the commercial accounts that we have. Commercial is open market, so we don't have every commercial business in Waco makes up our budget. And um, there was so much brush, and um, you know, we were, at one point we were behind 600 work orders. Mm -hmm. you know, there was just no way we were gonna make it at that, um, at that rate, so. A lot of dead brush, a lot of clearing of land. Mm -hmm. Now all of this goes away if um, if the mayor declares an emergency, and um, that was my next you know, question. Yeah, uh, tornado season. Right. How are we going to deal with that? We have or the straight winds. line went. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that take action by the mayor and city council, but um, but they they did accommodate um, that. Um, they also made changes. Uh, by they, I mean the city council made changes at the. Um, Cobb's Convenience Center. So um, let's say that you have um, you have that tree stump, um, you know, the pecan that's bigger than three inches around, and you you have a way to haul it yourself. You can do so um, 
uh, to Cobbs four times a year with your you know, water bill, and then to the City of Waco landfill four times per year. Because the landfill has a scale, it's 2,000 pounds per visit. Because Cobbs does not, it's eight cubic yards, which is about an overloaded pickup truck load. Mm -hmm. And um, so again, that's four times per calendar year, and um, they'll track it by your, your account. One thing, you have to take a water bill. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a must. Yeah. Yep, and um, so we're uh, going through the, um, uh, whatever you want to call it, the non-honeymoon period. <laughs> Just like with any changes. You know? I, a I go in there and applaud for the ladies. <laughs> I know that, you know. They get they they do take a lot of heat. Yeah. Yeah, especially from me from time to time. <laughs> is, is the city doing anything to uh, encourage people to compost on their property? Like just regular. Yes. I know an apartment person couldn't, but a homeowner. Right. Mm -hmm. We've had backyard composting classes for mm -hmm. at least a decade. Um, at one time in the '90s, we did a, a backyard composter sale where. A private company, it was C.E. Shepherd at that time, um, uh, let us take the orders and then they, you know, and so no money changed hands between the city. Well, we were just sort of the, hey, you know, uh, we did a, um, at Home Depot, we did a uh, how to make your own backyard composter uh, project with them. That Home Depot manager has um, left, but. Um, so Keep Waco Beautiful is doing a uh, compost uh, sa um, sale, a bag compost, and then they're also going to do a class coming up. So we've had some success with that. The compost sale is on the 14th. Um, you should call Keep Waco Beautiful in order, uh, pre-order, or if you don't, um, you can you know, show up. It's compost and mulch from, um, tell me the name of it. I know, you threw, you threw me at last minute. It's by the brick. Yeah, by the brick. It's a new place. Uh, well, new place to me because I just heard it last week. <laughs> so you and I are just full of information. <laughs> Too much information. What is the city doing about these tire shops that dump in their tires and people's, well, I still have an alley, and the alleys and stuff. And I know it's not the people that are around here mm -hmm. come up with 10 tires off their cars. What are they doing about it? Because I know it has to be the people in the tire shop dumping these tires in these alleys, even leaving them on the curbs on the side of our houses. Um, so we have four environmental crimes officers. Uh, one is associated with downtown. That's um, Deputy Young. Uh, Deputy Billy Hughes works for code enforcement. Well, he actually works for Solway Services, but he's assigned to code enforcement. And then um, uh, Kyle Lee um, does the illegal dumping. It's difficult to track tires, but sometimes he's able to, and um, you know, takes. Yeah, because it's, it's just ridiculous. And one time, three block down Sanger, there are tires yeah. on the people's yards, and I said, this is ridiculous. Why mm -hmm. aren't they stopping these right. people? I don't know what's so hard to load in their trailers and take it to the dump. Because you have to pay. You have to pay. Yeah. And of course, you got to go to the dump. And they're dumping them on. And they're going like maybe three or four in the morning when everybody's asleep, putting them in their right. yards and curves and in the alleys that we still and, have. And uh, we can't pick up whole tires um, if you're wondering why they're not gone. Um, by law, they're banned from landfill disposal, so uh, they're left. 
Um, well, I, I'll tell you this. I took their three in my neighborhood to come, and yeah. um, they took them. They said, yeah, yeah, my husband did too. He yep. was cleaning up the neighborhood doing yep. that. Great. Uh, the District 5, City Council District 5 cleanup, I know that's not y'all, but is um, this coming Saturday. And these district cleanups are um, when the rules about the brush, for example, doesn't um, apply. So, you know, you can put that big pecan tree out there. Um, we've had a lot of positive um, response to the district cleanups. Right now, they're uh, once a year. We're trying to, you know, inch it towards um, every nine months or so. Um, hopefully, we'll get there. Now, when, when we do the collections, I mean, when we do the cleanups like you're talking about, we do the tire and paint collections twice a year or once a year now? So, um, Household Hazardous Waste Day is May 2nd. Why? Right. You always do um, That will be from... <laughs> I didn't check That's your schedule day. before. That's it is. Day. <laughs> it is. Uh, from 7 a.m. till 1 p.m. Um, and Household Hazardous Waste Day is the cities of Waco, Woodway, Hewitt, and Lacey Lakeview. Um, so the cities sign an interlocal agreement with the city of Waco, um, and then each city pays per capita. Uh, fortunately, this year, um, the city of Waco applied for and got a grant um, for $20,000 from the Heart of Texas Council of Governments. It's passed through money from the TCQ, the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. So a portion of the tipping fee, uh, 19 cents per ton, goes to the state of Texas, um, to the TCQ. And the TCQ apportions a portion of it to go to each COG, each council of government, and part of Texas Council of Governments um, had a certain amount and uh, had a competitive, competitive grant process. So... Um, uh, so I'm pleased that, you know, we're going to have this household cultural waste day, and city council is very interested in keeping that annually. Yeah, I can understand that. So um, it's about, last year our bill was about 58000 so it's not, not insignificant yeah. um, for about 820 households. I thought about my second question, but I think I've answered part of it. I and mean, we do tire collection, that's why I thought of that. We do tire collection during that HHW so May 2nd, we'll have a tire day, bring five tires off the rims. On our, and district, no on our district cleanups, Yes. is it possible they can pick up tires at that point? So Keep Waco Beautiful will do that mm -hmm. um, as they can. Okay. You know, I mean, they're just a volunteer group. Right. And Cobbs um, and you know, Waco Solid Waste. So they're taking everything no that go to Cobbs anyway. Um, well, like electronics, um, Tires, uh -huh. you know, you're not supposed not, to leave paint on the curb. Not paint, no. Mm -mm. Paint is, but you have to have... It, it happens. It does um, Well, cops will take it, but um, the amount of paint we would get would be um, unmanageable for that group right. of volunteers. And there's, there's a health code, something that who yeah. contains it, who handles it. Right. That they have to, that's why they only do it really once a year, because they have people that are trained or whatever right. are handling that. with our contractor. So we couldn't um, do, do the chemicals. However, latex paint. Oh, so latex water paint based? is, right, uh, water-based, doesn't have the concentration of solvents, so you can dry it out and put it in your trash. Um, it's totally fine to 
so what I do is cardboard box, line it with a, a uh, trash bag, shred up newspaper, pour the paint in there, put some more newspaper, pour some more paint, and it, you know, it'll dry out. Um, or you can use mulch, you can use sawdust. Um, so, it's, so it is biodegradable at that point. Yeah, because if you try to do cans, cans today aren't metal, they're, right. they're plastic. Right. So we don't still don't want to get that plastic in our new landfills or our landfills to come. So the dried paint is, um, you know, can go in your trash. Um, so back on household hazardous waste day, that's for anybody been to it? Anybody here? Yeah, I remember seeing yeah. it. You've, you've gone to it. Great, good. Um, the most <laughs> frequently brought item is paint. Mm -hmm. You know, it's um, unbelievable <laughs> uh, how much paint there is in the world. Um, the only limits we have have to do with um, free tires, and that's five. Um, paint and, and other items we don't want in a 55-gallon drum. So we had a guy, I know he was a painter, mm -hmm. but we weren't going to turn him away. I mean, he had probably 30 uh, five-gallon buckets of paint. You know, no human being yeah. would have that much, I don't suspect. Uh, but, you know, um, he had his utility. <laughs> That'd be nice if he would advertise if, uh, if it's still good some of the seniors that need help paint their homes. Or inside and yes, donate it to them. Yeah, but see what happens. There is a that <coughs> issue of giving something to somebody else. Mm -hmm. She's got to be careful. So speaking of that, we um, I went to um, Fort Worth and looked at their um, take it or leave it is what I called it. They have a nice name for it um, for the new cobs. So you have this release of liability. And so you bring in mm -hmm. a you. half a container of mineral oil that you were going to use and set it on the shelf. Um, I come in and I say, oh man, I need some of that stuff. And I take it. So the, the city never takes possession of it, but it's on city property. And, so you know, so and, there, then, have to get and then I would have to sign a release of liability that says if I put it on my coffee table and it looks like doo-doo, well... It's not the city's fault. It's yours, yeah. Okay. The thing about the paint sometimes, and people don't realize this, that paint, like a lot of stuff, does mildew. Mm -hmm. And they'll shake that thing up, and you don't, you don't see the mildew, but now you go paint that house or the rooms, now suddenly you've got mildew coming out. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason they try to be not to do that. Because you can really... So Habitat checks that really good? Oh, I don't know if they have... I, all I'm telling you is as a painter, I can tell you right now, that's... Yeah, what I can tell you that they do because we took probably 200 containers of paint from them that was dumped on them. Um, so Habitat is one of our partners for Household Hazardous Waste Day. They take all the usable latex that's in a can, that's not rusted, that has a label, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, six months, it. six to eight months, and it's okay. After about a year, you start getting questionable if there's some heat, condensation right. back and forth. Um, they blend it, um, screen it, put it in five-gallon buckets, and sell it for $30 per um, five gallons. Mm -hmm. um, it's a bestseller firm. They said last year 
Last year we did about 100 uh, five-gallon buckets. And um, they said last year there were people coming in uh, asking for oh, that same color. <laughs> and you know what's so interesting <laughs> is, you know, people will bring in like peach paint and blue and green and purple, and, and you're just going, oh my gosh, and it all comes out like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's an for I guess if I was a, if I was an artist, I wouldn't know why, but yeah. um, it comes out kind of a neutrally. Sometimes it'll be lighter, like perhaps your jacket. Yeah. You know, if there's a lot of white blue, in there. Blue and mm. yeah. yeah. Browns would be the reds, the greens. One year we got yellows. a celadon green, but we'll never be able to reproduce that. No, yeah. Everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, where'd you think?" <laughs> It should have been there when we mixed it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, know if they can do it with these paint matching things. Yeah. Maybe they can come close. But yeah, once it's mixed, there's no reduplicating that color. Yeah. It's just that better be good. And they're all you need. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm very proud of the HHW Day. We've, we've never had um, a spill, uh, other than minor spills, but I mean, not a spill that you know, even moved off of the hot zone. Um, never had, you know, a person injured. One year we had, you know, some heat um, heat issues, but no injuries pertaining to any of the materials we were taking. Um, so it's a safe event. It's a good event for Wacoans. And, yeah. and so write that date down. Um, Mammoths on the March is March 28th, and that's at the... Um, Waco Mammoth National Monument, and it's a, a mostly free day. I think uh, to actually go to the dig shelter and look at the artifacts, um, you have to pay an entry, um, but it's a really a great event. I, I just love it. Um, we always have an information booth and a kids' activity Mammoth on the March. And what was it called? Mammoth of what? On the March. On the March. Or maybe March of the Mammoths. The day was it? March 28th. But it's at the Waco Mammoth National uh, Monument. They're not dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, so I worked there um, at, at, for about six months after I retired from the TCQ. And um, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I had to go, <laughs> you know, because people would go, well, this is just preposterous. This isn't what I expected. <laughs> Where are the dinosaurs? And I'm like, <laughs> Well, this is 65,000 years ago, yeah. and the dinosaurs were, but, you know. What's the realtor's name that are, it's on her property? It's Mrs., um, I forgot. What's on her property? The mammoth site, was it? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, she was a realtor. Maybe still is. Yeah. Anyway, when I was with the Dwyers, because mm -hmm. they're right next to it, we'd always kind of try to check yeah. and see it. Like, ah, we can't find anything over here. <laughs> But yeah, it's there. Or we go down the creek, you know, this was spillway to right. see that. And the, the two gentlemen that, that found the uh, found them, first, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. They they still come out there. Do they? Those two guys do, do it on occasion. Uh, job fair, City of Waco job fair is uh, April eighth, and that's just City of Waco. So Where different departments will have different um, booths, and um, it's at the convention okay. center. I should list that. Next month. Oh, April. April what? April 8th. Ah, see, we'll have our meeting after that, so. Then Glad you mentioned it. Doesn't the convention? I guess not. Yes. Um, I'll put that on the Really great event. The website. Um, I'll put that on the website. Okay, good, yeah. good. City of Waco um, has, you know, job openings varying from 
um, entry level um, jobs. We always have jobs for CDL drivers um, to managers and supervisors and so on. So, so it's just the city of Waco or yes, other companies? This particular in Waco. job fair is just, just city, city of Waco. Waco. We're doing another job fair too with um, Hard Texas, um, the job people. They're right next to Hot Cog. Mm -hmm. But I didn't write that uh, date down. And April 8th is just for city uh, it's just employees. For city employees. Mm -hmm. And police, fire, you know, all the departments will be there. Uh, story time at Central Library um, is April 16th. I'm going to come out here and I'll have a trash trip and we'll do a little activity with the kids. The District 1 cleanup is uh, April 25th. And then, as I said, um, Household Hazardous Waste Day is uh, May 2nd. When is our next one for District 2? I didn't bring the additional, oh. but I can just email it out. District 1 is um, North Waco, East Waco? Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of roundabout. Yeah. yeah. So what was the date again? Uh, yes. My sister. Um, DEA National Drug Take Back Day. So um, the only one I can tell you is absolutely for sure is Waco PD. Uh, Baylor Hewitt, Robinson, Woodway have done it in the past, um, but they don't have to commit um, uh, for another week or so. Uh, so this is a day when you can take pills or patches um, to, well, you can take anything, pills, patches, or liquids, uh, controlled substances as well, um, to any of those locations. Little blue pill. It's the same as Yes. And um, you, on this day, not on any other day, on this day, you can take your grandmother's Oxycontin without a prescription and put it in your car and drive it to the police department. Um, you ain't getting my diabetes medication. Yes. Um, so they uh, listened to all us waste people and did change the rules specific to um, drug take-back day so that you didn't have to bring your nine-year-old grandmother with you to be driving around with her um, pills that she no longer needs. We in McLennan County have taken a lot of stuff off the, uh, you know, off the uh, medicine mm -hmm. cabinets and so on. The DEA is behind this because um, this is one of the things that um, impacts children. Mm -hmm. uh, Grandma leaves her pills out on the coffee table. And Kids think they're candy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where we go? Somehow they get the childproof lid open. <laughs> That's only for us grown-ups. <laughs> I know. I know they should call it adult-proof. When it gets flushed down the toilet, it doesn't get treated by the water treatment plant. Exactly. In the river, which is somebody else's drinking water downstream. Right. Right. That's true. And Dr. Brian Brooks at Baylor has done many talks on uh, the impacts on uh, fish and wildlife from um, um, things that get flushed, as well as things that just come out of your body. So obviously you can't help that, you know. Um, uh, your doctor will tell you, oh, well, you know, Andy, when you take this pill, be sure and take it at this time, you know, mm -hmm. 10 o'clock at night, because he's thinking, well, then it'll be in your system for eight hours while you don't get up 
and go to the restroom, you know, kind of thing. I didn't and, hit that mark yet. Or I heard of it's coming now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, females, you know, we sure. take in all kinds of stuff that goes out um, with our urine and then, you know, goes to the wastewater treatment plant, not because we dumped it, but because, you know, it comes out of our body. And, um, and Dr. Brian Brooks has pictures of deformed, you know, fish and whatnot. Because of us. Mm -hmm. I call his talk Fish on Prozac. Fish on Prozac. That's right. Um, but, so this is very important. Now, if you can't make it on that day, Walgreens has um, two locations uh, where they have year-round uh, medication uh, take back. And as you can see, they don't take um, hydrogen peroxide, aerosol cans, inhalers, needles, thermometers. Um, they won't... Um, you know, take those. Pet medications are also in the category of yes. Yeah. You can, um, and then also I've heard that Walgreens, sometimes their, their container gets full, so you might want to call if you have to make a long drive um, uh, to, uh, you so, know, ask them. So in here you can take old needles also? Um, needles can go in your trash. Okay. So um, get a plastic bottle that is thick. Thicker than your water bottle. So I use shampoo, conditioner, or detergent bottle. And put them in there, put the lid on, duct tape the lid, put it in your trash. If you want to be really extra careful, sometimes if I'm using just a, like a individual juice, you know, bottle, I'll wrap it with newspaper and then duct tape it. <laughs> but that's probably because I'm paranoid because I know the guys <coughs> that are out there. Now you can't get it in the bottle because it's too big. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, needles can yeah, go. Yeah, okay. because so sometimes I see my trash guys digging in the trash, getting trash stuff out. Trash can. Our guys? Mean yeah, our trash. Yeah, Waco trash, trash. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, because when you put the black little, our trash can out there, they're taking it, and one guy, because there's a driver, and then you have one guy in the back, we he opened it, and one day I was pulling over the corner, and he was getting stuff out, and then he put it in the front seat, and then he dumped the thing in Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, that is not, I'm sorry, did that, that happen? That is not what is supposed to happen. That's not protocol. <laughs> no. Yeah. We, we actually have a no scavenging um, cool. protocol at, at um, the landfill, cobs, you know. People can be injured, and yeah. so I'm sure there's a story about the no scavenging. Yeah. So I was at the time I was working at Cobb's, and I see this guy go by. I see him through the window with a pickup truck load of of uh, stuffed animals. And so I get on the phone and I call the boss, and I said, "This guy just came in, probably from the fair, because it was at the time of the fair, and he didn't want the stuffed animals. I don't know." I said. Can I, you know, kind of take them and donate them somewhere? And, and uh, he said, well, first of all, no, because it's anti-scavenging. And secondly, we don't know that the... Where they've been. Where, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you're right. You see all kinds of stuff um, go was, by. Lipschitz is fun to go by. So, hey, wait a minute. I need that. Don't throw it. <laughs> That's no brass. Kidding, right? I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they still, they frown on you when you try to do that over there, too. <laughs> Don't say it has Andy's in the lockup again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
talk forever about trash. Does anyone have any questions? Well, I think uh, if we want a recyclable bin, we just call them. Um, I can take your address right now. You mean the green bin? Are you talking yeah. about the yeah. recycle? Green or blue? The blue is the metal and paper. Okay. The green is plastic because he says I waste a lot of. Oh, okay. So that would be blue. That would be your blue, and then the so, green is for the yard waste and limbs and things of that nature. It's amazing when you recycle the trash. Oh yeah. Amount goes way down. Yeah, he tells me. It's, so it's really these are the items that go in the blue, okay. and you set it out on your trash day during blue weeks. Oh, during blue weeks. Yeah, I get those yes. confused. So we Anybody need these? And what's the deal on the glass again? Um, drop off. In the regular container now, right? <clears throat> you put in regular trash, glass. You don't want them in you, the green or the blue. Right. So you can put glass in your trash, or if you're willing, uh, take it to cops. Oh, okay. You can take it to cops. Yeah. So the, uh, Councilman Holmes was, was talking a year or so ago about having a more diverse a set of drop-off spots mm -hmm. besides Cobb, like having four or five neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I, I think he might have been in Europe, because in Europe they'll oftentimes have them at right. intersections right in the neighborhoods right. with all the recycling things. So are we going to have more of those spots? Um, We're going to have to leave Cobbs here pretty soon, right? Right, and it's going to be moved. City Council hasn't made the decision yet. Uh, but we do have a city property on 12th Street that's being proposed. Um, 12th and? And it's off of 360, Route 360. Well, there's a, south. That's, that's way out of town. There's a, um, well, it's actually in the city limits. But, but I mean, <laughs> away from where most people live. Yeah. Which is what some people consider a good thing. Yeah, I can um, understand that why. And um, we'll have to do some work on the road if, we, if city council is to select that site uh, because, you know, we don't want roll-off trucks mm -hmm. backing up. You know, How close traffic. is that going to be to the uh, Lipschitz the, on the river? <coughs> Probably fairly close, right? Yeah. yeah I hadn't thought about that. Um, it'd be yeah. easier. Yeah. So um, uh, the plans for Cobbs is that it's on a city property and has expanded services. Um, and the expanded services hopefully will include uh, construction and demolition debris. Um, At the comms? Mm hmm So the new one. that would be usable cinder blocks, bricks, two-by-fours, yep. mm -hmm. um, you know, even drywall, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that's a long way away because we'll have to work out an agreement with Habitat for Humanity Restore. But because um, that's what we were thinking the outlet would be, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, wanted to do that uh, leave and take, you know, drop off thing. Who? Um, uh, I don't mean to interrupt you. Uh, Green uh, over on Webster there. Oh yeah, that, they're gone. Yeah. That would be a perfect place to have something like that in city. Yeah. Sitting behind. It's, Huge, huge. It is. It is. And it's a good... I always think of these things after good. they vote on stuff, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of my... What are these people thinking? My account number five. You'll find me there. Uh-huh. 
that don't worry about that part. And you need it dropped off. Yes. Okay. Yes, ma'am. And the final thing is the census. Hopefully you know that this is happening. Um, uh, they want as many people as possible because they know that we had some neighborhoods that were undercounted um, to complete the census, and that's everyone in your household, uh, your children, you know, so $1,500 a year that we lose? $1,800 a year that we lose? Taxes in for this? Somebody can't. Oh, yeah. They're, yes. they're, 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 they're Nobody made them Well, not right. yet. Not it yet. hasn't started yet. Oh, okay. It hasn't started yet. Good jumping the gun. It starts. No, but it's, they're going to be paying like nine, nine, $19.5 an hour yeah. to work that. That's good pay for somebody, you know, just, I don't know, you know, it's going to be what, a month or two, maybe, mm -hmm. of work. But I thought they were there Friday, but I mean, yeah. Saturday, but they were. Let anybody that you know this may look for something part time. Yeah. Um, so it's really important. It's important to the city. It's important to our health care. Mm -hmm. um, the health clinics get money based upon this. The COG. The COG gets money based upon the population, the council of governments, the money that goes to good projects like House Hazardous Waste Day. Um, it's important to roads, um, streets and roads, school systems. You know, there's all kinds of stuff that's, that's dependent that ties, upon It ties into it, yeah. That's dependent upon the census. So are, are they going to be making phone calls too, or just canvassing? I think just canvassing, but you know, you can do it online. You can do the census oh, online. I got phone calls. So I thought they were just those uh, scam people. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, I was busy and I couldn't talk, but uh, they mentioned this. So I didn't know if they were just going to be canvassing or calling. You know, but you get a bunch of weird phone calls. I know I do. Right. Yeah. Well, still, they're still sending out the forms, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're still going to get the form in the mail. Oh, okay. And, you know, these people are going around to try to encourage you to finish it, help you. I don't know. Can they help them? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. they can help them. Yeah. They probably have them in English and Spanish. Yeah, well, there's yeah. a variety of things, but... Um, I don't know that much yeah, about the cancers. Yeah. I don't know exactly what their, what their activities are around. Um, okay. But the city is trying to get the word out that um, uh, please complete the uh, census because it's uh, really it's really helpful for everything, everything across the board. Okay, sorry I took up some. Oh no, hey, Anna, you're perfectly fine. Uh, we got a short career okay. day anyway. How much more uh, we added to my bill with this recycling bin? No. no, so you can have one or two blue, one or two green. So the that's green one. yard waste. Leaves and brass clippings and sticks. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to bring my green one too. Okay. Because my husband likes cutting the neighbor's trees. <laughs> I will have trees. He likes doing their trees. I can fell off the tree. Yeah. <laughs> so you have four 95 gallons that are diverted and then one 95 gallon. It's almost, it's almost too big for really a single small household. When you have three or four people in a household, I could see you use it. But really... The 95 gallon for trash? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, now if that... If you have a smaller one... I've seen those. Um, we can certainly look. So, um, what we do now is we always order 95 gallon. We used to order a variety of sizes. Right. We just order 95 gallons. So, if we have a return of a smaller one, then, you know, you could get that. 
but the days that I need it, it's when I don't want it. But most exactly. of the time, it's got two bags in it, and that's about it, because I try to compost as much as I possibly can. And recycling, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, it's amazing how much cardboard people throw out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Once you put the cardboard in the blue bin, your, your regular trash goes way down. Right down, mm -hmm. yeah. That, that's that bulky stuff that, that messes it up. Mm -hmm. And don't forget um, paperboard, too, like shoe boxes, cereal boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those food boxes take up space. She's even got me washing out some of my containers now. Like, why am I doing this? Ian's telling me I gotta do this. <laughs> throw it back out, throw it back in the trash. That's right. <laughs> but she got me started doing that. Uh, is that pretty much it? Yeah. The one thing I did forget to let everybody know is Braz's Nights, and uh, that's starting here this, is it April? I think it's in April we're starting. Uh, it'll be for five weekends, five Fridays coming up through the month. And uh, that's pretty much all I had to share with anybody. Dave, did you want to share anything with us? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> my name's Dave Morrow. I'm running for mayor. As you can see my, my badge here. Um, I am mostly retired environmental and civil engineer. I've worked for government and private industry that oftentimes have governments as clients, so I really understand a lot about the budget, which for our city is $360 million. And our metropolitan planning organization, I used to be a staff for that, for not in this county, but at one of those for six years. That budget is roughly $400 million for our little McLennan County. Um, our uh, public works capital improvement, which is the water and sewer and roads, is around $400 million. So if you look at all three of those, that's over a billion dollars in budget that, that the council is a big player in. The, um, the council of governments or the MPO, it's called Metropolitan Planning Organization, is all, a lot of players. There's 17 people on that board, but all six of the people from Waco are on that board. Usually the mayor or the vice mayor are, is the chair of that. So, you know, it's kind of like uh, Watergate. If you remember, if you're old enough to remember Watergate with Nixon, the um, journalist had this secret source, it was called Deep Throat, and he would tell them to follow the money. So that's what I've been doing, is looking at the budget and where we're spending our money and who we're giving our money to and what we can do to help. I think there's a lot of need. I've been going to churches and talking to lots of folks who are not really players in the current scheme. And there's a lot of need in our community. And one of the things we could tackle immediately is education and job training uh, for a relatively small amount of money. And, and we have some programs, but I think we could really expand it I've been studying what it takes to be a mayor. People have asked me to run for mayor. I said, no, I don't want to do that. It's, it's a lot of be boring meetings, you know. But we haven't had a contested election in eight years. We, we've had one name on the ballot in the past four elections. That's what they do in North Korea. That's what they do in China. Yeah, you can vote. There's one name. So I'm trying to offer an alternative. I think I'm qualified and knowledgeable, and more importantly, the job pays 500 bucks a month. <laughs> yeah. So you what have to either be independently wealthy or have someone like me. I'm lucky my wife is a veterinarian. She's still working. She's encouraging me to do it. Well, she said, if you don't get elected, you got to get 
No, seriously, it's about eight bucks a month, and it's a full-time job. I've talked to Kyle Deaver several oh, yeah. times about it. It's, so, um, I, I mean, I have retirement. I used to teach at university, and I have my own, you know, retirement. But still, uh, I, I want to give it full court press and work really hard for the city. Two terms, max. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in career politicians. So, you know, two and done. But if you have a chance, just look at my website, Dave, for mayor. I have five key positions that are you know, issues that people told me about. I try to to write that up and I keep it short <laughs> so I don't draw it on and on and on the website. It's easy to make it way too big. So I just have a look. Right. Yeah, anybody have questions? Well, you know you might. They're going to be very stretchful. You might do the rest of the day. Yeah, <laughs> Can't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I've already lost most of my hair. I mean, what the heck, you know? <laughs> yeah, see, that's why I don't want to lose any of mine. That's why I'm good. They won't run no. down. I'm, not good. I'm too old to go work for somebody unless you pay me. Yeah. I, yeah. No more no more of that. I've done enough of that in my life. <laughs> but but, but uh, I like what you said about the school and the, and the job. And that's well, what Andy may be talking for a few years now. We have 30%. Poverty in this town, and there's a lot of folks who are kind of teetering on the edge too. And and I really want to. I'm looking at how we could do a a living wage and have a minimum living wage. There's problems with it, but it's something to strive for and work so that everybody has decent housing and you know a healthy diet and transportation. One of the things that struck me when I was talking to the Waco ISD people the other day, there's a thousand homeless kids in the Waco Independent School District. They're sleeping in cars, they're sleeping in shelters, they're couch surfing. Mm -hmm. How are they going to get a decent education when they're bouncing all around? I mean, sometimes kids have one set of clothes. You know, their mom got busted, and they... The, John Johnson, who's a constable, he's been a constable here for 22 years, told me he's never had so many evictions as he's having now. People can't make their rent. Sure. Rents have gone up too high. These are things that the mayor should be working for, working to help the, the little people. And I, I have some real strong opinions about that and, and where the money can come from. As of education, the one thing I've learned through the five years I was with Planning Commission and everything else, it, it does no good to complain to the city about it because the city doesn't have any jurisdiction over it. Over? Of education. The school district. Yeah, school district. Yeah, but there's things we can do. I, I think we can have internships and job training and heck, summer jobs for kids. They, they can. Not everybody needs to go to college. A welder's going to pay forty it. bucks an hour, and we have skilled workers for the city. That that we have a four hundred million dollar project to fix our sewers and, and water systems. They need workers. There's a job fair because there's jobs going begging. Mm -hmm. But how do you get a commercial driver's license? You have to be able to uh, drive a forty foot truck and trailer. You have to be able to back those things up. I had one at a time at one time. When my, when my father started the Hispanic Chamber, that was the main focus, was to show people how to go about finding licenses, how to get the training, things of this nature, and then it turned into an information center. Those drivers make a thousand bucks a week just to start. That'll be my next uh, month's meeting. Uh, we're going to talk about, when you say welders, that's just, that was good 40 years ago to say that. 
and not to take anything away from them, but just well, as I know as a welder or done welding before, it's not a long-term lifetime job. You get burned out, burned up, and a lot of things as dangerous as can be. Uh, the thing that I'll be talking about next month are the jobs that are going to be falling out of the workplace because of AI, because of uh, uh, different types of intelligence, the 5G. I mean, there's a lot of things that... And if you're an accountant or work in the back boiler room, those jobs are going to. Uh, legal, there's things on the legal side that they're not going to be needing paralegals as much anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So some even 40% of your college degree jobs are going to dwindle very quickly. So the question is, can we, and I always believe that we should do it in high school, not college. Because why wait to <coughs> college to send people out to find out what they want to do in life? It's better to do it when they're in high school. They can fail at one or two things before they get to that point. But the point was is that if we have good technical training at our schools and uh, show them what the new future jobs are going to be, that's, that to me is the point that needs to be addressed. But I've tried, when Dr. Nelson was in, uh, came here, we've had two, three sit-down meetings he agreed everything with me, but he says, the problem is, it's our grammar schools that are failing. we got to get those up before we do the other. And, of course, he, only, he was only here for 18 months, mm -hmm. and he did a wonderful job compared to what we've had for the past 15 years who are running the district. Mm -hmm. He can come in, and that's the one thing I'll point out. You have somebody from out of state, or he was from state, he was from El Paso, <coughs> but out of town, <coughs> come here and correct something that we couldn't correct, or the people on the boards couldn't correct for 12 to 15 years. When I came here in the 70s, I was watching people drop out of school. Like I was like, oh my God, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Up north, when I went to school, people were, parents were fighting to get the kids into the high school of choice. Not the college, the high school of choice. Because they knew up there, if you weren't going to go to college, you better get yourself a good union job. Yeah. Because you're leaving at 18. <laughs> that was a standard. He didn't stay home after 18. <laughs> so um, it was important to get, get employment. Go ahead. Um, so we did get a, a change. We, the Solid Waste Department, did get a change approved through um, HR. Um, if you are interested in a job that requires a CDL, you can come to us with just your, um, your first permit, you know, the written mm -hmm. test. Mm -hmm. And then you'll uh, train under a driver. Uh, we'll let you use one of our trucks to take the test um, to get your actual uh, Class B CDL. So we did get that change implemented. Also, citywide um, salaries start at $10 an hour now mm -hmm. instead of minimum wage. Yeah, so. we, need, we need to have some improvement. Because that, that will be the key. You know, I don't mind seeing prices and things rise, but we need to have our, our people being able to make that rise with it so they can sustain these increases. I mean, nothing's going to remain the same anymore. We know that. It's just that income has to kind of fall along with that increase in, in spending. Like all this round. Well, I'm afraid of all this round that's going up. I mean... We were studying in Los Angeles a few years ago, and I don't want to be like Los Angeles with all these homeless people. I mean, we have homeless, but not compared to them. Mm -hmm. But now that yeah, people are getting evicted and they can't afford.
for their rent. I'm afraid what's going to happen. We're going to turn that way and everything's going up. Well, nothing, nothing up. to bear in mind, a good percentage of our homeless are not actually from Waco. That's true, too. And oh, they came here because of the weather? No. <laughs> no <laughs> we wish. Don't. Now, the, a lot of your prison systems uh, and MHMR facilities have been busing people to Waco. They give them a one-way ticket here because of the programs that we have. Are you kidding me? No, it's been going on for years. I've been telling people this for years, and they're like, huh? The only reason I know this because I watch them come from the bus station, and they're the ones with the black backpacks. Okay? They're always asking me, where's the nearest store? Can I have a few dollars so I can go get some food? Uh, where's my brother's keeper? Some of them ask me, they've heard about these programs. But as it began, and this started probably the second, second term of Obama, no, first term of Obama, uh, the last two years, where the government started providing funding. That's why, uh, what's his name, Church Underneath the Bridge? Joe, Jimmy Jarrell. That's how he started. He's got one here. He's got one in Bryan. He's got one. In, he had one in Belton and Colleen. He had four of them. And if you set these things up, and you take on these people that they're dispersing, and they can't go back to where they came from, because they've either had violent right. home violence or something like that nature, <clears throat> so they can't go back there. So they're sent from Leavenworth, Louisiana, California. They're sent to Waco, places like Waco, Texas. And every two weeks, you can see them. The buses will come, and every, you'll see three or four drop off. Another day or two, two more. Then we get the white van. And it's, um, oh, what's it called again? It's the ones that carry them from our local jails, and they bring them to the bus station and just drop them off there. And say, have at it, wherever you need to go. Well, that's putting them right behind my house for the last five, six years, and I've made that issue, but nobody, everybody's like, we don't want to hear about it, we don't want to talk about it, and it's become the night of the living dead for the last three years or so. I see them, they change out, some of them they do pick up. Oh, actually, that house that you had, Dana, Yeah. Uh, we had somebody arrested, well, she know about this, uh, Arrested the, I pulled the guy out of the place. He was sleeping inside of the house. Oh, good. I called the police. <laughs> the police, yeah, he was living inside there. Yeah. For just that night, I guess. I called the police. The police come up. They said, where's the guy? I said, he's right over there at the end of, you know, 6th Street and Clay. He's standing right there. They go down. They pick him up. They talk to him for a little bit. They come back over. And they said, do you want to press charges on this guy? I said, well, I don't want to run around here. He said, well, let me tell you what's going to happen. This guy's really wanted in Fort Worth. Oh my gosh. But if you press charges on him here, we'll take him to jail, but he's going to be back out, right back over here in less than eight days. Don't press charges unless extradite him to Fort Worth. I said, do it. <laughs> but that's what's happening. I've had people come down well dressed. I was like, you're not homeless. What are you doing here? And after talking with them, after four or five minutes, and, you know, I had uh, Ricardo working with me, and I'd sit there and talk with them. They'd finally tell me, well, I'm from Ohio, and I was, you know, they let me out of Ohio State Prison over there, and they gave me a one-way ticket to Waco. And I said, why did they do that? He said, well, all the programs that they have here for the homeless. I said, but you're really not homeless. You're kind of being forced to be brought to Waco. Because I know, but that's our only option. 
And I thought, well, why would they do that? And they finally told me it's $24,000 per person when we used to do the pancake roundups. Do you remember those? They do a pancake roundup three times a year when they had the program going. And as long as they signed up the three times, they got $23,400 per person. Who's they? Meaning, I guess it was Church Underneath the Bridge and My Brother's Keeper. Mm -hmm. Well, at the end of Obama's term, the first four years, of course, that program ceased. And that's why they started asking money from people from Waco to help support the homeless. Mm -hmm. Basically, they wanted us to take over where the grants weren't coming in anymore. So if these people are nonviolent felons, like they just got busted for marijuana or something? No, <coughs> no, I think what it is is they've been in prison. They got arrested for something else that wasn't bad enough to send them back to prison, but they can't send them back home because they had some violent activity, spousal abuse or you know, child abuse. So we need social workers and mental health care. Is that the right? Yeah. See people sort it out so they can work. Oh yeah, that that would be great. Yeah. See, that was supposed to happen when we had the the Phoenix ballroom, and we also had that little thing, uh, Hoffman Banana, the Hoffmans. They got the TIF money. They did the little thing on the side with I forgot what it was where they feed the people, and see the Phoenix ballroom was supposed to be a place where the. Um, the prisoners were to be sent to learn a trade mm -hmm. so they can come out to the workplace. Well, we saw what happened with that. So, it turned into um, a ballroom. <laughs> and they used TIF money to turn it into a ballroom. I've had a meeting with City Center Waco and Mission Waco um, several times, and then we met today, this morning. Mm -hmm. There's going to be an um, effort with my brother's keeper. Mm -hmm. Mission Waco will hire my brother's keeper tenants um, as part-time employees for six months, and they'll be a uh, cleanup crew for the pit. Right. Well, that would, yeah. Um, right. So um, uh, we're gonna utilize the people that because really help them. With it. They'll be yeah uniformed. Right. Uh, they'll have a supervisor that's a also an employee of Mission Waco and. They've, they're uh, getting permissions from all the appropriate... And Meyer, what about the Meyer Center? Because Meyer Center is the mm -hmm. other half of them. Mm -hmm. And see, the thing is, it's great that we have that, but what happens at 7 o'clock in the morning, they're released. And don't come back until 5. Mm -hmm. Well, sure. what do you tell... What, what's a person going to do? He has no relatives. He has nobody here that he knows. He has no money. And he has to walk the streets until 4.35 o'clock to get back in the line because there's only so many beds available and he's got to give him two bucks <coughs> to go in. All right. You know, I said, you know, why, why haven't they put these folks into some kind of program where they're working, learning something, yeah. feeling productive? So the problem is, you're going to find out, is a, a good majority of them don't want to do it. Well, Same with um, the ones that don't want to get out of being so homeless. So they, um, they've been working with the social workers mm -hmm. and have a 
actually they have a waiting list to be on a cruise. So. Well, let's see how long it lasts. That's yeah. going to be, and make sure they give them back their drugs so they can take their drugs before they go out in the field. I'm talking mm-hmm. about their psych medicines. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of them, a lot of, a lot of them are bipolar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, sure. you, they're screaming out at three o'clock in the morning, like, who are you yelling at? <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. They're off yeah. their meds. You know? Yeah, I was in a plane back last. January from Hawaii, and Hawaii sends their homeless people this way. They buy them the airfares mm-hmm. and come. Yes. And the yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 But he's like, he owns a house now. Because at first I saw him take the screen off, which the screen is still taken off. And he opened the window and he went in with his bag. Okay, somebody else came and went in the window and got the bag, came out. Well, the next time the guy did it, he came through the front door. Okay, he came out through the front door. And I've I've told, at one meeting, I, I told the chief of police, I told the police, and that guy still comes around, 7 o'clock at night, it's getting caught dark. He goes into the front door, like it's his house. Are you talking, what does he look it's like? 525. Yeah, I know, but what does he look like, the guy's going inside the house? Tall, dark. Kind of walk, kind of. Yeah, uh-huh. That, that's Jeremy, the police that we've all known personally. <laughs> you know, he, he's, his family is a residence here in Waco. They want, they want anything to do with him. He, is, he needs a lot of medication, and... Um, you know, it's you can't arrest him. You can't force him unless he's doing something illegal. The only thing that can be done is when you call the police, make sure that they name him because they'll tell him if you come on the property again, now you're transpassing. Mm-hmm. That's about the only thing that you can actually do. You know, I don't want to say anything anymore because mom lives just right there. I know, I know, yeah. and it's because <laughs> you fear for her going yeah, to your mom. Really He's okay, but if you challenge him, he'll, you know, the, the cuss words start coming out. There you go. Thank you. <coughs> oh, I know. They all know me first name basis. Or it's either, don't go to Mr. Lopez's property. <laughs> and who's that other guy that just, a young guy that just walks around just... Uh, like, you, you know, you, well, I, well, I know Jeremy. I know, um... Oh, I can't think of some of these. Some of these get people's names out. There's, there's the lady with one eye. They call her One Eye. It's <laughs> like, what is your oh. name? She goes, no, they call me One Eye. Just call me One Eye. And I was like, okay, she doesn't want me to know her name. I know her. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I give her money before. Yeah, she's over there now sometimes on uh, Waco Drive and 12th or 11th Street. It's like 9.30 at night. It's freezing cold. And she yeah. has, no, you know, she's on the street. Oh, Remember when it was cold here a couple months ago? Yeah. She was sitting out on the sidewalk. Yeah, uh, and you know, I, I'm all in favor of assisting in any any individual that needs help. But the fact is, is that uh, if you're from McLennan County or within the five county region or six county region, I'm all for it. But when we have people being sent us from other states, I'm like, why aren't they taking care of them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, but then I learned it's because we have the programs, and um, I guess they'll send to where the programs are at. I don't know how they're going to place them, though. I've seen some that have been there 
let's see, I started with mom in 2003. They were, li they were still on the streets then. Same people. And they go to prison, come back out. They're back on the same. I said, why would you come back to the same neighborhood? It's just like, I don't know, like a magnet or something. And then, of course, our crime. I didn't read our crime statistics this month, but uh, matter of fact, I don't even know if I got them. But we're still number one or number two. We, we fight, you know, with uh, Richland Mall, who's number one for the month. But the biggest thing that we still don't have are car break-ins. And the only break-ins that we have really are our gated complexes. Nobody steals from our homes because they realize most of us don't have very much anybody to steal. And <laughs> you don't rob the poor, you know. But uh, um, the other thing is violence. Uh, we've had some, quite a bit of violence that has been over on 11th and uh, Ross there. Uh, that's, but it's always been the violent area. The drug area is going to be Austin Avenue, believe it or not, and the two or three apartments, <coughs> the gated apartments. Um, I'm just trying to think of which. Those are probably the high ones in our area. We have a, a about a 40% higher rate of pedestrian and bicycle fatalities compared to a city of our size in other parts of the U.S., especially pedestrian. That's what, no wonder I can't see any more bikers on the street that are being run over. They, they try to run over. I don't well, know. Yeah, I mean, they tore down the, the pedestrian bridge to widen the freeway there at 7th, was it 7th or 8th? Mm -hmm. There's going to be, uh, it, it's actually a big problem at Bellmead because people try to get to Walmart and they cross the highway and get mm -hmm. killed. I, mean, I tried to cross Valley Mills once. Oh. Once. Yeah, so we built these roads that are ridiculous for pedestrians. They're just, but there's people who live along there, and there's businesses along there. So that's something I would like to see us do is, is kind of focus on making our roads safer in town. I'm all about driving, you know, fast out in the country. But when you're in town, it should be human scale. Well, the one thing I, had, I was promoting ever since we, before we started the highway, probably five years before we started, is the talk was taking down the 8th Street crossover bridge. And I says, well, why don't we just, like, 11th Street, make it a under, so Baylor, because it takes you right to the bus terminal, it takes you to every main street that you can catch a bus to, and it would alleviate them having to use 11th or 5th and 6th Street, where most of our highway traffic, tourists, and so forth, you know, are hanging out. It was just, now it would cost us too much. Mm -hmm. And I think they told me it was going to be like $20 million to make the changes. But here we are now, we're going to have to spend $40 million, which one thing I didn't bring up, is going to be our new rainwater drain. And it's going to tear up Clay Street. Mm -hmm. They're going to take, see the thing is, we have the one on Webster, okay? <laughs> And that thing you can drive a truck through. Mm -hmm. So that's not enough. And we got Waco Creek, which in 98, it flooded about two feet. <clears throat> the problem they're having now, until this highway's done, and up till when the highway's completed, the highway's going to be four feet higher than it normally is. Well, where's all that water going to go? The two hotels... All that eating areas down there, all the way up to 
Ross, I believe, will be three to four feet underwater if we have another one of those floods. And I've been talking to Millette about that because that's her housing project. And she goes, I don't know what we're going to do, and I'm going to make them do it based on FEMA and da-da-da-da-da. And I says, well, here's the deal. They're going to have to come down Clay Street from 12th. And they're going to have to do that thing at least 30 to 40 feet deep. Well, Walker Partners has been doing a study for like three years on the whole flood. Well, at least three years, I think. Is that, is that published? Because the last time I asked to see it, it wasn't published. Yet. Not that I'm sure. Really, We're talking about the, really the stormwater management. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, should, they should eat some of the burden of this. It's $40 million to do it. And it's not like they didn't know we had this. It wasn't like we didn't change the floodplain areas the last 10 years already. And it's now to bring it up after the, we've put in for the money for the highway. We can't get it. That's why they're trying to go down to, uh, what's his name, Cruz, to see if he will help get some funding. And he's kind of lame duck at this point. So it's going to be on the citizens to come up with tax dollars. The thing is, they're going to tear up Clay Street. And what they don't realize, or what they'll probably find out, is along Clay Street and Webster, you know this, we've had a lot of wells, haven't we? And a lot of Waco water came from right in that area where a lot of wells have been put. They don't realize, once they start tearing into that thing 30, 40 feet deep, what it's going to do to the, the ground, what it's going to do to the foundation of homes and businesses along Clay Street, and how it's going to tie up. It ain't going to be done in a year. It's going to take them maybe two and a half years to do this. I don't know. Just, um, we got something to look forward to. <laughs> you worry about cars? <laughs> we may not be able to put any cars on Clay Street for a while. Can I address the car situation? Sure. Is it okay? Um, so, uh, we own a uh, Airbnb on Clay, right next to Andrew's place, actually. And um, we actually are in favor of on-street <coughs> parking. And I'm just mentioning this not to be, not to raise adversity. No, no, Because I, I think there are it's... things we can all agree to disagree on. But um, still be one, okay. one, of, one of the real hard spots that we're in, and we just, we bought this property in 2017, late 2017. We remodeled it, and uh, my son lives in Waco and operates the property. But, um, uh, one of the crazy things for us, and Andrew and I go through it pretty much every weekend, our, our, our uh, streets full of Magnolia folks. And well, there's more than Magnolias. Well, yeah, yeah, there's, there is. There's, there's, a there's, a, there's a lot of people on the streets. And then in the weekdays, it's not quite as bad. But, you know, ironically, I think, and I understand why the Planning Commission created this restriction from the get-go, because you don't want people parking on the street in a sort of a, like a quaint little neighborhood and, you know, really causing uh, disruption to the to the flow of the neighborhood. But on Clay, it, at least in my view, it's a, it's a different story because, as it turns out, we kind of are in the thick of things and we are in the heart of it. And people are parking in front of our street, whether we like it or not. The only people who cannot park, I can park in front of my house. Um, and a visitor to Waco can park in, a ha in front of my house. The only person who cannot park in front of my house legally is a person who's paying to rent it. 
So it just feels really wonky uh, in, in our particular neighborhood. So I just wanted to mention that because um, I certainly understand the spirit of the, of the ordinance. I really do. But I think on, on big streets like Clay, feeder streets, streets where you've got a lot of traffic, it's tough to enforce. And, and I worry, I really do worry about the safety of my guests backing out of our driveway. It's, uh, they're not that, you know, well-versed in the ways of Clay Avenue like we are. So um, I just wanted to mention that. I mean, Andrew and I have had very productive discussions about it. And, um, um, but we're part of downtown, too. And we love downtown. And we love our neighbors. And we want to we wanna be good neighbors, but we want to allow our folks to park on the street <laughs> when, everybody, when everyone else can. I hope that's okay. No, I, I mean, you're well more than I, I, The only reason I did is because I saw, you know, on the action items. Um, that was by, that was actually by City Center. Okay. They, they, they created that for us, and uh, that's some of the things that still need to be lived up to. No, and I get the parking, I get the parking problem. You know, just today I had, you know, six cars parked on the lot, you know, right mm -hmm. across from you, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. You see, the thing is, they don't really respect your lot. They think it belongs to the other people. And if you didn't want them there, yeah. you know, they'll come out and yell at you. Yeah. Hey, why don't you put up a fence? I'm yeah, like, yeah. Where, where were you born at? <laughs> we had a yeah. little incident. She saw me. I got a little upset at um, some folks that were... I actually was not thinking. I know, I know. <laughs> she, she was running across. I'm like, what are you in, what do you want involved in this for? <laughs> what happens over there is the backyard has their property. And they have this lot behind us. It's about two, two, three lots, and it's all just green grassed. And city ordinances, you have to, if you have a parking lot, it has to be surfaced. Mm -hmm. Asphalt, concrete, or right. gravel. Well, that's not the case here. And everybody's kind of letting everybody do something else. And it's created a problem <laughs> where... This is what I can't understand, and maybe it's the, the age group of people that do this. Maybe I'm poking at something I shouldn't be poking at, but the idea, if somebody comes up and says, let's say, for example, they come off the street and open the, open the door of your house and start walking in, and you're in the living room, what would be the first thing you would say to them? Have a beer. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I don't think your wife would appreciate it, Dave. <laughs> like, what are you doing here? What are you yeah. doing here? Yeah. And I turn around and say, is this your home? Are you talking about 9th between Clay and Webster? No, I don't, I don't even go into it. No, I, I, but I, I don't know yeah, what you're talking Yeah, no, yeah talking right there. Now. So the point is this. It's kind of like they'll, they'll beg for forgiveness instead of ask for permission. Mentality. And to think about that, he's out there pulling the cones to let some other cars park in my lot. And then I say, hey, put that back. And he goes, well, is this your property? And I'm like, oh, so if it wasn't, you'd just go ahead and still do it? Okay. And then the girl jumps up and she starts yelling at me and says, F you. And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, I've had enough. <laughs> Get the hell off my lot. <laughs> Really, I have to tell them that because it's kind of like if they get caught, they're going to act real kind of, oh. I said, how are you brought up? I mean, were you brought up that you 
go to people's properties or do things? Were you brought in the country that, you know, you don't understand property lines or things of this nature? It's the mentality that gets me really upset. And that's why I got upset with the guy because he's acting like, you know, oh my God, is this your property? And I'm like, you just go on people's properties and do things at your own discretion until somebody catches you? Is that how you were brought up? And that's why I got upset at that time. Because mm -hmm. I'm tired of them. They keep doing that. Uh, I've had the owners do that with me, too. I've, I've known these people for 40 years. And since they bought that or rent that business, they're just putting their elbows out. And I'm saying, listen, guys, you know, you've got to be a little bit more respectful because we have neighbors and this and that. It has to go to the point of getting the city involved. And, of course, they got Bland Cronwell in the midst of this. And, you know, they kind of, he's the money man, so we don't tell him what to do. He's the big realtor in town. He's the one that's helping these developments. I said, I don't care who you think he is. He's violating city ordinances. And see, for example, the other reason I'm kind of upset about it, because I wanted to buy all that land. And the city told me I could not lease that land to the backyard, because if I broke my lease with them, they wouldn't have any place to park. And I said, well, wait a minute. They don't have any place to park now. They have to use the VA's property. So what are you telling me? What, what's good for the goose isn't good for the gander type thing. <clears throat> so I never bought the piece of property to pursue it. But now Bland owns it. Oh, they can use it any time that they want to. It doesn't matter. So we run in, we're running into issues where commercial and residential, and I'm at the edge. So I'm sorry that's the case. When it came to the STR rules, I helped write them. You know, we, we studied all these different cities and towns that what, what applies in these different places seem to be reasonable. And that's what we applied. What has happened now is a lot of the STR owners have come in, they're trying to break all these rules that have already been set forth. And it's only been two years, three years at the very most. Well, you know what I know something crazy about that? I was, I called the city about the on-street parking issue in November of 2019. And I said, I am just wondering, like, why my guests can't park on the street? Like, what's the reasoning? And that was when I learned that there was already an ordinance that had been put forth that says on the main artery streets and on collector streets in Waco, you, they were going to allow, or they were going to at least propose to allow, short-term rental guests to park on the street. So, ironically, you know, it was an inquiry on my part, on behalf of the safety of my guests, um, and I found out that somebody, somehow, some way, this ordinance already existed. And in fact, well, I was on that committee as well, the same one he's talking well, here's, about. Here's and, I, and I had a vacation rental since the beginning of 2016 mm -hmm. on Fifth Street. I have no neighbors. The street, no one parks on this. It's on a corner. There's Fifth and uh, Indiana. Okay. Right by the fire station there. Yeah. There's, there's no one parks there. Yeah. But they said we couldn't park on the street. It's ridiculous. I parked on it when I lived in that house. My wife parked on it. Nobody complained. So I said this regulation is silly. You're trying to apply, you know, the same coat of paint to all these different situations. It could be more like if you have a problem, 
because they're having 47 guests and you can't even get out of your driveway, we can deal with that. But there's you know, 200 Airbnbs and they're trying to apply the same rule to everybody. But, but the city council ignored me and they adopted the rule with this restrictive parking. Oh, now okay. they're coming back, not saying this because of me, but I think I made a few good arguments. Well, good, thank you. Because well, I, I, I do think it's, it's a reasonable compromise. I mean, I do understand why, you know, like it tucked away in the middle of a Woodway neighborhood. You don't want like 25 <coughs> cars on the street, but like Clay Avenue, everybody's parking on the street. Well, anyway. guess well that's because we don't have parking park. spots like you do. I know, Dallas. I agree. So that's the that was the there's biggest difference there, there because O2 District, the other part of us, O2 yes. District, you can have an STR right next door to each other, yeah. where everybody else in town was 500 feet apart. Right. So when you have two or three of them next together and they're housing three or four cars. Right. That can be a problem, and then the fact is, well, I think I was I told Waco's ordinance is the most restrictive in the United States. No, is it's that not. Right? No, it's That's not. A, I no, I can show you. Austin is is a thousand feet. I can find okay. Well, no, I'm it's, talking about the whole ordinance. Yeah. Yeah, it is probably just too tiny. It's too tiny in the middle of it. <laughs> But uh, the, that, that was the issue because it came down to, with the city did this plan to show all, all the houses that don't have driveways, or the ones that are X's. We had driveways about the size of a bobs. Yeah, I know. And did you, did you realize your cars are supposed to park behind the face of your house? I know, dude. I, I cry. <laughs> I haven't said anything about that. I know. I was like, there's too much to deal with. I know, I know. But you know, we're, we're going to work it out. We're going to try to work this thing out so it's. So it's, it's like, I warned them, I'm like, okay. Because there's no I alley. want you to imagine yourself. That's right, there's no alley. There's no alley, there's just so, a spot. So what you have, you have better better opportunity than a regular small, the uh, small uh, tiny house. Tiny house, they have to park behind the house. We tell them, hey, and park behind the house. We tell them to actually go through the gate because we got a massive backyard. Right? Yeah. It'll have all kinds of room and privacy back there, but they don't want to open the gate. So so most of our guests, they just like park. Some of them don't pull past the sidewalk. We're getting ready to put a sign on our little post saying, please pull past the sidewalk. But like most of the people just are like, they just want to pull in and go in immediately. We're right. so excited to get there. Sure. You know? So and you know, anyway, we're trying. It'll we work. It'll work everywhere. itself out. I know it will. That's, yeah, that's what I'm praying for. It will. <laughs> it will. Thank you, right. Andrew. Thank you. I'm going to go to. Thank you. Yeah, one minute. I'm going to go to the message.